Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. He takes being cooked to a whole new level. These students can't afford to feed themselves. Do the best you can for your child. And you look around for support and there's nothing there. Just get up and do our best today and that's all you can do. Can we just talk? Call 0818 969696. 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan on Cork's 96FM. Oh, 818-96-96-96 is the number. Just give me a second, just gathering my bits and pieces around me here. It's a busy old morning. We have another €350 uh, voucher, one-for-all voucher, to give you in association with our friends at Board Gosh Energy. Start thinking about sleeping to lose weight. There was a story in the news a couple of days ago. Start thinking about that. As we head into the morning. Also, uh, some huge response, huge response to Samantha's housing story yesterday. I've been speaking to two more women struggling uh, with their housing conditions. Brilliant news. We got the newspaper for Magda. Do you remember that? We got that for Magda. More on that in a while. And the two wags that are at one another's throats in the courts in the UK. Rebecca Vardy. And Colleen Rooney. I tell you, it's about you now. People are more interested in this than they have in lots of other things going on. We'll get a catch up on that during the morning. But first of all, let's look at the cost of living, the ever increasing, ever soaring cost of living. And today, the government are telling us they are going to finalise a range of measures to help people with the cost of living. Political correspondent Sean Defoe joins me. Sean, what are they planning? What we've been hearing is this electricity credit being doubled for a start. Good morning. Uh, morning to you. Yeah, that, that's the, going to be probably the big piece of this announcement later. Looking at announcing somewhere in the region, a sort of a 400 um, million euro package. So what it might not be, the, the mini budget that some in the opposition have called for, it's still fairly sizable. And the centrepiece of that uh, is going to be an increase in that credit. So we already know that it was 100 euro that we were due to get. And the talk has been around either putting that to maybe 150 uh, or 200 euro. So when you count out the VAT, which they are doing, it'll be worth a bit more, be about 227 euro or so at 
the very uh, very top level for people. So that's kind of the big piece. And what Leo Varadkar talked about yesterday was that this plan will have two elements to it. There will be something for everyone, a universal thing that's likely to be the energy credit, and then a series of more targeted measures aimed at those who are uh, maybe on lower incomes, who are maybe on social welfare, who are, are feeling it a little bit more than, than some of the rest of us who might have a bit of savings, say, after the pandemic or, or might be in better uh, jobs. But he very much made the point that saying just because someone is working and even people who on paper have good salaries in the 40 to 50 grand yeah. uh, region, he said, we can't, you know, can't pretend that they're not struggling as well because everyone is feeling this. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with that. Some of the other things that they've been talking about is uh, the, the working family payment. There was an increase to that announced in last year's budget and uh, they're talking about bringing that forward it was mm. due to kick in around the summertime some of the i think that's what you'll see uh, is a lot of the stuff that they announced in the budget that hasn't taken effect yet they might try and bring forward so something they might look at as well for example is the half priced public transport for the 19 to 23 year olds yeah. which we weren't meant to see until the back end of the summer that'll be maybe brought forward to help with commuting costs so uh, it's it's more smaller tailored measures want to get outside the the electricity element of it rather than any sort of big you know swathing spending might there be an extension in the fuel allowance yeah, that's something they're talking about. So their fuel allowance season already runs to the end of April. So they have done it before where they've extended it out when it's been particularly cold years to the end of May. And they're what they're examining, they haven't made any final decision on this yet, but what they're looking at is either doing that and extending it so people will get the payment for longer mm. or maybe giving a, a double payment, giving a bonus payment for a couple of months to allow people to just have that bit more money. They're kind of assessing, is there any point in May if May is very mild and people aren't using the fuel allowance money should we pay it then so that's kind of the discussion that's happening but I would be surprised if there was nothing done on fuel allowance today All right. I read this morning in one of the papers Sean that what they're putting together today may cost anything between four and five hundred million where's the money going to come from? Yeah it's a good question well, we have been borrowing to pay for bits like this there is some other contingencies that they could use. We, there was a €4 billion Euro, uh, COVID contingency obviously put aside in the budget. We used a decent bit of that uh, during uh, January when we had the Omicron wave and when a lot of people were out for uh, of work and, and things like that. But there is a large part of that now. I don't think they're going to go raiding that at the minute. It would be a brave minister who would say COVID is so definitely over that we can raid the, the backup funds that we have. But that is somewhere that they could look. Uh, and borrowing is still relatively affordable on the international markets, even if we do hear about interest rates going up. So it may need to be more Borrowing. But I think that's why you've heard Pascal Donahue and Michael McGrath in particular saying that whatever they do today will be once off. It's going. It's not going to be something that adds to the bill every single year. So that pretty much rules out any sort of big uh, tax decreases or tax cuts. It also rules out any social welfare increases or any real tinkering with the likes of VAT on fuel, for example, because that would be stuff that would then follow uh, every single year. So they, they may find it through borrowing, but it's not going to be stuff that they'll have to play for concurrently just a once off. The opposition are all already gearing up and writing their notes as to what they don't like about this. What are they likely to target, do you think? I think they're going to say that it doesn't go far enough, that it doesn't help enough people and it's not helping the right people either. So Sinn Féin last night published details of what they would do. They say they would give the increase in the energy grant, but they would also give uh, cash payments to to anyone earning under 60 grand. So if you earn between, if you earn up to 30,000, you'd get 200 euro in a cash payment uh, tax-free. And if you got uh, between 30, if you earn between 30 and 60,000, you'd get 100 euro. And they also say there should be a, a renter's credit. This is something they've called for for quite 
quite a while, a refundable tax credit of one month's rent to about an average of 1,500 euro. So that they, they say under their scheme, people would be more than 1,500 euro uh, better off a year if they were if they were renting, for example. So there are some of the measures they're going to go after, I think, because th- there's not a huge amount in here that might help renters, for example, the uh, 100 or 200 euro credit wherever it lands goes to the householder. So if the renter is paying the bill, it may go to them, but it may well just go to the landlord to cover the bill, depending on what your situation is. Uh, and so I think you're going to see the parties again. They've all, a lot of the opposition been calling for uh, mini budgets, calling for even more to be spent than is being spent now. Labour comparing how people are struggling at the minute to how people were struggling uh, towards the back end of the of the noughties when we were in the middle of the financial crisis. That, mm. That's probably over-egging the pudding a bit, but there's no doubt there are people who are in uh, quite a lot of difficulty. And even some government TDs, Nasa Horgan, the, the Green Party TD of Dublin Central, uh, she was saying yesterday that there should be a mini budget and there should be things like a, like a disability, a new disability payment of about €35 Euro a week, raising the minimum wage. Sorry, the dog there beside me is getting very excited about the minimum wage. Um, all of a sudden, that's something he obviously wants. He must be a Green Party voter. Sean, um, I'll leave so. you there. I know what it's like to work at home and I know what it's like to have the dog. So, Sean, thank you. And, and Doggy Defoe, thank you for your input as well. <laughs> very, very much. <laughs> there you go. Politically correspondent Sean Defoe. Oh, wait, it proves it live, ladies and gentlemen. 0818-969696. Caller says, I work in Aldi after... Uh, after 6pm, the fresh produce with tomorrow's best buy date is reduced by 30% and all of the produce with today's date is reduced by 70%. And we donate lots of food to Food Cloud. But if people go into shops after 6, they're likely to get better deals. I've seen that happen in my own local Aldi. Some stuff starts to tumble in price after about 7pm. Maria then says, like the free GP for under sevens that was supposed to happen but hasn't happened yet. Yeah, that hasn't happened yet and it was supposed to happen. Willie was on to say, I sleep with the radio on and I woke up around 3am and I heard PJ's interview with the woman who was living in a house without hot water for five years. I couldn't sleep after it. I don't know how people in the council or our elected representatives do sleep. I wonder how many other people live in conditions like that. Well, Willie, I've been speaking to more people and trust me, there's a lot of it out there. That's coming. 0818 96 96 96. Just while I have you, Borgash Energy have been with us all this week, giving us €350 one-for-all vouchers every day. And tomorrow, I'll tell you now, we have a €500 voucher for tomorrow. But €350 for today. The Borgash Energy team of professional service engineers are currently offering appointments in Cork to check your boiler. They use 19 separate checks to make sure your boiler is running safely and efficiently. You go to their website, boardgashenergy.ie forward slash services. Borgash Energy, imagining a better way. We're getting you to write headlines for stories in the news. I picked up this one a day or two ago and I said I'd keep it for you. They're telling us now, buffins, <laughs> researchers, tell us that adding an hour or two sleep to your night could help you to lose weight. Now, I kid you not. They say if you say, if you sleep an extra hour per night, you take 270 calories off of your daily diet. And over three years, that could 
help you to lose about two stone. You can sleep to lose weight. This was done at the University of Chicago. Their research came from the University of Chicago's Sleep Center, where their head boffin, Dr. Ezra Tassali, said within just two weeks, they had evidence of showing a decrease in calorie intake and a negative energy balance when you start to lose weight. So, can you sleep your way to losing some weight? I think if I go to sleep now and get up around the jazz weekend, we can party at Christmas. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but I'm messing. Give me your newspaper headline. You can lose weight by going to sleep a little bit earlier or getting up a little bit later. All right, your headlines, please, to 083 396-96-96 Keep them coming We've had a great response all week long Now figures released by daft.ie have shown us that rents in Cork City are increasing all the time They're up by 9.9% The average 10% The average rent in Cork City is now €1,534 Euro per month and the real cost is that people who can't afford so much to live are then forced to live in squalor. And uh, Samantha was speaking to us yesterday about the conditions in which she lives, where she has been approved for a transfer by the council, but she hasn't got a transfer yet. She's no heating. She's no hot water. There's rats everywhere in the house. And she's just trying to get out of the place. And Samantha was talking to me on the show yesterday about the conditions in which she lives. And afterwards, we were inundated with calls about people in similar conditions. And some of them in worse conditions. I'll let you hear the first of those next. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Cork loves the arts. We do too. That's why we bring you the Arts House. Every Sunday on Cork's 96FM. Hi, it's Elmery. Join me on Sunday morning when we take a look at what's happening in the arts in Cork and help you plan some great nights out at the theatre or see the latest films on release, catch a brilliant music gig or find the perfect book to get stuck into. The Arts House. Sunday mornings 8 to 10 with Griffin's Potatoes. Make the perfect chip at home with their chipping potatoes. Once you taste them, you'll be back for more. Now in store. Corks 96FM. We've had a, a huge response to Samantha's story from yesterday, including your response. Now, you're a private tenant and the house is in a bad way. It is, it is. And it has been for a while, PJ. And as a private tenant, you're afraid to speak up. You're afraid to speak out. And you kind of let things slide for a while, hoping like afraid that if you go to the landlord it's, it's going to lead to other things so um, we went through the RTB and the findings were that it is unfit for habitation and I brought it to the council showed them pictures and they're not willing to help at all really like and it's going to leave us homeless hmm. Who's there with you now? What, what's the family? You have a partner and kids? Myself, my partner, I've three mature kids, really, a son, 22, um, a girl, 
two girls, 18 and 15, and both are doing leaving and junior cert this year. So the circumstances around that alone, mm. like for them to be any day, just like we have to go. There's, we have nowhere to go. You know, I've been looking since last June for a place um, through all the different websites online and I've had two virtual viewings and one house viewing and that was it. Haven't had no more. I've sent emails nearly every day looking when there's been places up and there's there's not. And the price of the property then, the, yeah. the rents are going up and up and up. Yeah. Are you eligible for HAP? Um, we are, but it's trying to find somewhere. Yeah. Again, if you mention HAP or mention rental loans or mention any of them things, they don't want to know. Some some landlords just don't want to know. And then you're like often told, don't mention it until you're in there. But that leads to complications straight away with your landlord. What kind of conditions? I know you, you did send us some pictures, but for the benefit of listeners, what kind of conditions are you dealing with? Damp, I take it, and mould and stuff? Damp, mould. Um, my bedroom, you open the wardrobe and the smell just comes out to meet you. My clothes, take them out the drawer. The, like you put on the T-shirt and it's it feels cold. It feels wet. It's it's from the damp. We've had to throw bags of clothes. We've like the pictures you've seen are of the kitchen, the stairs. Um, it's like it's not fair. I don't think anybody should, in private or council accommodation, be left to live in conditions like that. You know, it's very unfair. I did ask for an inspector to come out. They said because I'm not a council tenant, that no inspector has to come out to see the house. But if they're willing to pay the rent allowance and the half for these places, why isn't there somebody coming out to inspect them? When you have only for those pictures, I wouldn't have had a leg to stand on. And when you went back to the council, I, 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 I presume you did, and said, look, the RTB has said the place is unfit. What did they say then? Um, well, first of all, what they done was um, they've done a rent re- review and they said my oldest son had to come off my housing list and go down on his own application, right? Because he was now working mm. and he was he's doing like eight to 10 hours only a week. But because it brings you over, there's a cap. There's a cap on what the income you're entitled mm. to bring in for the council, to, to be eligible for the council house. So he now has to go down on his own application, which he's done. So it puts us in another predicament is we are now entitled to a two-bedroom property mm-hmm. and if we take one, my son is now made homeless. Right. So, this must all get to you. Yeah. Oh, it does. It does. It really does. And I have to get up and put on that face every day for my kids and for the sake of them. And like my daughter, my youngest, she's like, are we having my party in, you know, in the house, our birthday party for our 16th? And I'm like, well, I honestly don't know. You, know, you you can't you can't make no plans. You can it's you, we're living in limbo at the minute because we've cargo boxes, we're we're half packed up, we're not packed, do you know? Yeah. I don't think anyone should be left to live that way. It's very unfair, like because I've been good tenants for the last ten years and things just went wrong. And like as you've seen, it's been deemed unfit for habitation. And all I want is for the council to actually try and do something for us but there's nothing happening I'm emailing constantly 
not getting nothing back. Constantly ringing, sorry, you'll just have to wait. You'll have to bid on two bedroom properties. I'm like, but where does my son go? What happens? So, like, it was it was very sad to hear Samantha on the radio, hear what she was going through. Like, how many other people are out there that will not speak up because they're afraid of being evicted out of their properties as well? Well, I mean, you're just one of it, a number of calls that we yeah. got and, and, and the very strong message coming through is and it's it's no consolation to you and it's no consolation to Samantha you're not on your own There's, this is no. this is a huge problem yeah like the pictures like I'm, I'd be embarrassed to put them up online do you know and show people like I, I will probably will when I, when I finally find somewhere do you know mm. but like for my even for my kids to bring their friends in to you know into the kitchen and there's mould like going up the wall I had to paint it black because so that you know people wouldn't see it the minute they walked in, you know, like you shouldn't have to do them things. You like coming in from work and having to scrub mold and go and make sure the clothes aren't moldy for the next day and all. It's it shouldn't. You should be able to live in a house. And and mold is a health hazard, like. Oh yeah, and it's black black mold you can see in the pictures, like. You know, that's not good. You're you're cleaning it with chemical. You're breeding in the chemical. You're breeding in the mold. It's not good. My kids have been on nebulizers over the years, and that, um, on inhalers. But like, what can we do? The council are doing nothing. We cannot find anywhere else to rent. And because you have bad nauseas, because you have a place to live, the council don't see you as homeless. So therefore you don't get a service from them until you are homeless. I did ask them, I said, what do I do? They said, the day you leave the house, you go down and register in the homeless unit, the homeless services. I said, but is there anything we can do to stop? Is there anything in between? Mm. Like these last six or seven months, couldn't there have been someone assigned to us or, you know, to help us along the way to maybe help us find accommodation, to put us in the right direction. It's kind of like you have to get your bags, leave and go to homeless services and there's no guarantee that they're going to put you up. You to present, present yourself bag and baggage down there, yeah. What's it like? Bring, go down, watch, bring my kids and their bags. Like, it's just limbo. That's all I can, that's all I can say. You're living in limbo the way I'm living at the minute. And the amount of empty houses like around them, like, can you just give me a shell? I'll do it myself, do you know? Mm. It's crazy. It's like, Samantha's not around. There's there's plenty, and I know there's plenty out there that I even haven't, you know, said anything yeah. yet. How, how do you keep going? Um, I suppose we just have to, PJ. You have to. Um, My kids, I try and do the best I can for them and try and make the house as comfortable as possible as I can for them while we're here. Yeah. And if that means me painting and decorating over that mould, then I'll do that until we have to, like, vacate out of here, you know? Yeah. So. And and no sign of that happening anytime soon? No, no, I've tried everything, unless, unless there's anyone out there with a house, you know? Short of declaring yourself homeless, there's nothing you can do. That's it. And like my mum lives in a corporation house and they said if I stayed with her, then she gets in trouble. You know, so I'm... You can't win, can you? 
No, no, you're stuck. It's like a catch-22. You're stuck and you're just stuck everywhere you go. You do all the paperwork. You, like, when I went through this thing with them for the review, I had to do a MABS thing. So you're giving them, like, every every penny you spend and everything that comes into the house, you're giving them your whole life, but they're not willing to sit down with you face-to-face in the council and have a conversation with you and see them bags under your eyes and see the person behind what's written on a form. Yeah. Well, all I, all I can do is, is wish you luck. Thanks, Pedro. That's, about, that's as much. Like the fact that there is other people out there as well in the private sector as well as in council places. They're going through the same thing, you know. Yeah. And... It needs to be talked about more and something needs to be done about it. Well, that's what we're hoping to do. That's certainly Samantha started a conversation and thank you for continuing it. Yeah, and hopefully we can keep it going and maybe something will come of it. Maybe it might help someone down along the line. But people, like everyone, has to remember they will have children and grandchildren that this housing crisis will affect in years to come as well. It's not just going to be now. Look after yourself and look after your family. and. Good luck. No bother. Thanks very much for your time, Peter. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Cork's Gold Imro Award winning sports show. Right, right here. The score on Cork's 96FM. Join me, Trevor Welch, Sundays from 2 for the best music mix and all the latest sports as we focus on Cork's trip to Offaly in the National Hurling League, reaction to Ireland's visit to France in the Six Nations and the Premier League returns. Right here, right now. Join Trevor Welch for the score this Sunday from 2pm on Cork's 96FM. Emma, you were listening to Samantha uh, on the opinion line, telling her story, and you you contacted us because of that. Uh, yes, I did. Um, I could relate to Villa lot, and it just kind of brought back um, a lot of emotions that I'm going through at the moment with the exact same thing. Tell me about your place where you live. Um, basically, um, I'm a subtenant, so I'm in another person's family home. The only reason she took me in was so I wouldn't go homeless with my kids because that would upset them more. It's just like I I don't even I don't even know what to say in regards to it. Like like I'm constantly on to the council. I, I'm pleading. I'm begging. Are you are you on their list? No, I'm on the housing list. Going on now nearly eight years, and. Like, that's that's long enough of a waiting time, I think, you know, especially with two kids. Like, my 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 circumstances at the minute is, like, I actually... I, I sleep on a couch and my two kids share our bed together. Now, my oldest daughter is seven and my youngest daughter is three. You know, um, and I just know that it's affecting them a lot. Like, my seven-year-old, watching her draw pictures of houses, asking me when she's going to have her own bedroom, watching her cry. You know, it, it just, it's hurting me. It's breaking my heart that I can't provide her with these basic needs. And for a seven-year-old girl to feel that way and to think that it's adult responsibilities, it's, it's not right. 
are you all in one room? I mean, you, have, you have the run of the house, I presume. You can use the house, but you're all staying in one room. It's actually a blow-up mattress that they're on now at the minute because um, an engineer came in and the house has been classed as condemned. So there, it's, it's a blow-up mattress now at the minute, um, as, as you saw with the pictures that I sent a while ago. Um, it, it's unlivable. So that's kind of the only thing that's keeping them dry and safe now at the minute. And then I'm on the couch next to them. But it is, we are together in one room, but it's more or less kind of like a, a sitting room. Yeah. And then my next option to that is to go homeless. But like, I cannot go homeless with my kids because it will affect them more, especially with my seven-year-old. And like, what hurts me the most is like, she she actually asks me because she write holy God letters and I hear it in her prayers and she writes it out and all she asks for is her own room and a cat. Like, imagine, imagine seeing that from your seven-year-old daughter. Oh, God. She wants her own room and she wants a cat. She wants her own bedroom. She, that's all she's ever asked me for is her own bedroom and a cat. Imagine that. <laughs> I know now the cat thing is probably funny, like, but, like, it's, it's, not, it's not when I'm dealing with it, you know? Emma, there's nobody going to laugh at that. There's nobody going to laugh at that. Every little girl wants a little dog or a little cat at some point or other. That's as normal as breathing. And I can't provide her with them things, you know? It's just, I'm, I'm a bit nervous now and I, I'm actually sorry, but it's like, I'm trying to compose myself, but like, th this is having a big effect on me, like, as well. Um, I'm trying not to cry, I'm trying to keep it in. But like, with everything I'm going through and trying to fight with the council the last eight years of getting houses, like, I've actually had a miscarriage myself, I, I think, and it's basically down to the stress of constantly writing letters, constantly having to go in, not the unknown. I know. And you know, you're on the list, like you say, so you, you obviously look for places on the CBL and all that. I'm constantly on the CBL. And every time I go onto it, every Tuesday night at 12 p.m., like sometimes there's not even houses up on it. Yeah. And then when there is houses up on it, I bid on them. I'm after bidding on 15 houses down in Blackpool, all the new houses down in Blackpool. Like my mum also lives up, she lives in Nakanahini. And right up by her house, there's five boarded up houses. Do you know, and they're ready to be moved into. They're new. No, I'm not asking for a brand new house. But they're they're not they're not being used, and all the youths around the area are hanging around there. They're drinking, they're littering it. That wouldn't happen if somebody lived there, you know. I know. I'm looking at it when I bring my kids over to see my mom. I'm looking out the window and I'm thinking nobody lives in these houses. I'm I'm a number. I'm a number to these people. Yeah. And I'm not the only one, you know. I'm not the only one in this situation, but this is how I feel and this is my situation and I need to fight for my kids and their rights. Have you been talking, I was asking Samantha this, have you been, have you been talking to any of your local councillors or anybody like that? I've been on to TDs. I actually went and met with one yesterday. Thomas Goulsch himself, he's been fantastic. He said he's going to try his best to help me and I truly, truly believe him. But it's like, 
I'm I'm a respectful person. Like I keep to myself. I don't go out. I get up every morning. I bring my kids to school. I come home. They're in dancing. Their school is up here where I live. Yeah. They're in camogie. Do you know? So it's like everything. I'm trying to get on house in the area where my mother lives. Now I it doesn't have to be where my mother lives. Do you know? Yeah. I'd be willing to go anywhere. But when there are five empty places boarded up next door, you kind of say, well, can we not start there? Exactly, exactly. My point, you know? And when you go back to the council, and I've no doubt you tell them how upset you are, and they can hear it anyway, like, what do, what, what do they say to you, Emma? Honestly, no, every single time I ring, it's just that you, they take your PPS number, you leave your name, a message your number and they say they will be in touch. Now this is going on months and months and months and I've still not heard a thing. I, f- I feel like I feel like a failure. I feel like a failure as a mother. I should be able to provide these things for my kids, their basic needs, and I can't. You know? It's like it's affecting my mental health. I like I'm a human being. I like I'm and to them I'm a number on a system. I'm right. Like I'm nearly thirty. I'm an adult. I'm a grown woman, and I've shared a kid's bedroom since I'm twenty-one, and I still am. I can't even put a candle inside my bedroom. You know, if I had a bedroom, I have nothing to say that. Oh, this is mine. I'm an adult. Only my clothes. Everything is children, and I'm watching this new one on the last since since I'm twenty-one, and as I said, I'm nearly thirty. Where like where does that leave me in finding myself and who I am as a person? Well, I, I feel like I'm going back to my own childhood with my kids. I don't know what to say to you. I, I I could talk a lot of nonsense and say, "Oh, we'll sort it out for you," but sure, I'd be only lying to you, so I won't do that. No, that's okay, and I understand that. I I do completely understand that, but it's like. What I say in my own head, like, is when when does it stop? When will they realise the effect that it's having on me and my kids and everybody else and Samantha and all, you know? Before it's too late, before someone gets so fed up that they say, feck it, I can't do this anymore. What do we leave behind? Our kids? Everything? No, I'm not going to do anything like that. But some some person might. Yeah, I know. Before it's too late and then they might listen, you know? Emma, you look after yourself and look after your beautiful children and I wish you luck. That's all I can do is wish you luck. No, and I appreciate that and thank you for letting me come on here to express how what I'm going through and how I'm feeling and I hope somebody listens. You mind yourself now, all right? Okay, thanks very much. That's Emma. There's not a lot you can say. And before that we heard... We heard that you heard from Melissa, and a lot you can say there either. 0818 96 96 96. Now, Lloyd sent an email to 96FM because you're also looking for a bit of help, Lloyd. Good morning. Hello, PJ. How are you? Um, hope you're having a good day. Doing the best we can, sir. How can we help you? Um, i just give you a bit of background there. I'm 26. I'm a mature student. I signed up to CIT, which is MTU there now. I came down to Cork in September. Um, I live in a house that's for sale. Look, I signed up to that. And we thought, look, we'd be able to find a house in between. No problem. Mm. It's been quite difficult, to say the least. And all I was trying to do was send in an advert into the radio station. I didn't intend to come on air or anything like that. 
but I sent in an advert just to see if I could put in an ad to find a house. Yeah. That's all I did. And your colleagues got in contact. Yeah. It's a rat race out there, Lloyd, as I'm sure you're discovering. It is. It's wild. And I do. I sympathize. Look, the people that came before me on air there, I totally sympathize their situations. I don't have kids. I don't have those responsibilities. So I do. I really sympathize with them. Mm. Um, I give you an old story or a situation there on that Friday. Yeah. We went to a funeral in North Cork and there was 30 odd people that arrived. Look, that's, that's the way it is, supply and demand. Mm. But we were standing there waiting to come in and there was, there was an air of desperation around. And uh, this lady came up to me and she said, what's, what's going on here? Because obviously there was a crowd of people outside. I said, oh, it's a house funeral. And uh, the, it was an apartment and it was 1100 a month. And the lady said, well, do you have any other options? I said, well, no, not really. Like, we've been looking for four months or whatever, and it's not really working out too well. Um, and she said, whatever you do, get out. Just don't, don't do it. There was an incident that happened in this place two weeks ago where somebody was stabbed. Okay, okay. So please, no, it's not identifying anywhere, anywhere at all there now. So, yeah, it's no problem. Yeah. yeah. Had a look at the place anyway. There was no central heating. Um, the place was filthy and look in the grand scheme of things a house to house or apartments ha- apartment you can clean it up but there was blood in the shower which was kind of the game changer for me yeah yeah I said oh my god what like and I thought to myself afterwards when we were walking away obviously we didn't go any further with it but we said look the only way is up from here yeah um, we'll keep going we'll keep looking it's a bit but soul destroying isn't it doing, like you're trying to get on with your business you're, you're a student you're trying to get on with that and you're it's, it's soul destroying um, yeah, it kind of leaves you in a bit of limbo, all right. You're you're attached to the phone, looking and for the updates or whatever on the adverts and all that. But um, look, we're going to keep plugging away at it, and hopefully, look. What I just wanted to come on air. I'm not plugging myself because there's 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 people in much situa- worse situations than myself. But if there's somebody who has a space or a granny flat or a place above their shop that they're considering, maybe if we convert that, when we get a few bob in. I would, I would plead with you now just to do it, have a look at it, look at the numbers, because okay. there's so many people. There's a couple, young couples who just want a little start in life. Yeah. Who they don't want to be pitching against the families for the four bedroom houses and three bedroom houses. That's not what they're looking for. They just want somewhere, couple of rooms, yeah. basic equipment, so they're able to be part of the community. You said you're in a place that's for sale. How long have you got left on that before, before you have to? Um, Luckily, we were kind of facing into a couple of weeks, but the sale has fallen through. So I think we have about four weeks at the moment. Okay. Okay. Well, if anybody can help, two students, uh, mature students looking for a place to live to continue with their student life, um, we can put you in touch with Lloyd and his partner. 0818 96 96 96. And thank you before that to Emma and to Melissa, and indeed to Samantha, who proved to be something of a game-changer in this um, conversation yesterday because she she opened a floodgate, uh, and not a pretty one. How else, says Kevin, are you meant to view this other than punishment by your so-called betters? There is no need for this bureaucracy. Wait till you've nowhere. Why? You know it's coming. It's needless torture, and they talk about mental health, for goodness sake. The terrible conditions those people you're highlighting are living in and they're spending billions with grants for retrofitting houses that only people with money anyway will be able to avail of because of the 50% requirement. I see the pride in those Green Party politicians talking about retrofit. I couldn't have pride 
if I knew I was spending money on anything other than helping those women and children. It's there, isn't it? There, that's a very interesting comparison. The money that they're going to put up for the retrofitting scheme, which, to be fair, is better than they were talking about before, and people will welcome it, and people will use it, and the blessings are gotten them, and the best of luck to them. But at the same time, you have Emma living in the conditions she's in. You have Samantha living in the conditions she's in. And you have Melissa living in the conditions that herself and her family are in. The two don't seem to square, do they? 0818 96 96 96. Your headlines. You're, you're being a bit predictable, guys. We've had about 300 you snooze, you lose. Do better than you snooze, you lose. There's a couple of good ones in there and I get to win a while. That's with Board Gash Energy, of course, €350, Euro, all, one for all voucher for your headline on the story. That if you, the researchers now tell us that if you sleep a bit more, you can lose a bit of weight. 083 396 96 96. A mental health service provider with a base here on Leaside is to provide thousands of hours of counselling and psychotherapy free of charge during, in, a, in a dedicated campaign to help people cope with the pandemic. Christian Fickert is CEO of My Mind. This is a very, very interesting uh, plan. Christian, good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. Uh, My Mind, tell me about My Mind first. Sure. Um, I'm um, the founder and CEO of uh, My Mind. Uh, I set up My Mind back in 2006. So we we are already 16 years in, in operation. And our focus is really to provide a very accessible and affordable uh, counseling and psychotherapy face-to-face and online for everyone in, in Ireland. And, um, you know, our organization is growing in the past number of years. Um, we have over 150 mental health professionals working with us. We provide services in 15 different languages and we have very much nationwide uh, coverage. Yeah. Now, the areas that affected people with regard to the pandemic, what, what, what have you discovered? How are they, how have people been mostly affected by it? Yeah, um, we definitely saw significant uh, increase of uh, anxiety issues. So that was uh, definitely very, um, very, very different factor that kind of uh, appeared. Um, so before um, COVID-19, we had anxiety at the relatively high level, but uh, it was uh, very similar to, let's say, uh, the, the, the percentage of, um, of um, people presenting depression. Where during pandemic, we saw much higher um, gap between anxiety and depression, and also stress was rising quite, uh, quite rapidly. Mm-hmm. And I must say this um, 16,500 appointments that are dedicated this year, this is actually continuation of uh, the previous project that we, we had in 2020 and 2021. So in previous years, we, we already provided over 20,000, again, completely free of charge uh, appointments that were available to, to anyone affected by COVID-19. Mm. And how is it funded? Who, who funds it for you, Christian? So this year, um, we we were very, very um, happy to, to, to hear that um, 
um, Minister Butler announced this um, this very very important uh, funding. Uh, so we we are funded uh, through the, the Department of Health, and um, and uh, yeah, through this particular support, we are able to to provide oh, such yeah. a significant number of appointments yeah. in. Twenty twenty two. So it's, yeah. it's 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 government money, which is good to see it being put to that kind of use. So who who have you been seeing? People, I suppose, who lost their jobs, lost their businesses, that kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So anyone that, to a certain extent, was affected um, through various uh, yeah uh, COVID nineteen conditions uh, restrictions, um, then uh, anyone can really. Come to to us. Uh, go to mymind.org website. Click get started, and the process is very, very, um, very easy okay. to, you, to follow. Oh, you can refer yourself, can you, Christian? Exactly, exactly. You can refer yourself, so there is no need for any uh, referral referral letter. We work, of course, with uh, GPs. Um, and uh, with various other organizations, just just to make sure that we reach out to to really everyone in Ireland, because that's what we what we really want to spread the word that the service is available, and uh, even if there there would be any any potential situation that someone wouldn't be qualified for this free service, we still have available uh, low-cost service. And our low-cost service is still at the very, very low uh, prices because uh, the first appointment uh, can be as low as 20 euros per, per, per session. And, and what does what's in a typical session? What, what form does it take? Yeah, so as you can imagine, um, for the past... In three years, really, the the online um, is very, very much significant proportion of our overall services. So, before um, COVID nineteen pandemic, we had ninety percent of face to face cancer and psychotherapy, and only maybe five to ten percent uh, video or phone uh, counseling. Through the pandemic. We, we had significant shift towards um, video and phone calls. Um, so especially last year, we had uh, over 80% uh, video calls and phone calls. This year, we, we see gradual come back to face-to-face. So um, at the moment, we have probably around 30% face-to-face appointments uh, okay. and 70% video and 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 phone sure. typical session lasts for 50 minutes and uh, it's uh, really to discover uh, what particular uh, issue the, the the client is presenting and to to work to, towards the rebuilding coping skills that might help the client to come back okay you know? and it's it's mymind.org is the website and get started is what you click here exactly Work, get started. That's, yeah, very simple. Okay, Christian Fickert, CEO of MyMind. Thank you. MyMind.org and click on Get Started. Thousands of free sessions and if for some reason you don't qualify for those, then very low-cost sessions of counselling and therapy. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. See MIG.ie.
It's coming. <laughs> and you could win Mega Moolah. Listen for all the details this Thursday at 12.30. On Corks 96 FM. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Do you know what? After my original reminder to you that you snooze, you lose, wasn't really cutting it, your creative juices are flowing like a flooded river. Oh, I love this. Z's to lose KG's. <laughs> love it. On your back for a great six-pack. Now, that could be taken up a number of ways, but I like it. Um, where are we going now? Weight loss. The snuggle is real. Oh, God, these are good. Oh, these are good. From dream to lean. Uh, what's this one now? Uh, the body of my dreams. You snooze, you lose. Loads of them, but there you go. Dream to slim. Sleep tight, wake light. Penny for your thoughts, pounds for your dreams. Oh, I like that. I like that. Keep them coming. It's in association with our friends at Board Gosh Energy. We're asking you today to write a, sto- write a headline for a news story that tells us that an hour's extra sleep per night can shave a couple of hundred calories off your daily diet and in over a period of time you lose a little bit of weight this research was done at the University of Chicago it doesn't matter where it was done it doesn't matter if it was done up in the North Mon. I don't care it's just a great bit of research and we want your headlines alright and we have a 350 euro one for all voucher to give away every day and tomorrow because it's Friday and because we love Friday and because we feel good on a Friday that voucher is 500 quid tomorrow, but for today, it's 350. One for all voucher in association with Board Gosh Energy. Keep those headline suggestions coming in at 083 396 96 96. Loads of responses to our housing stories and our housing conditions stories, and I will get to them, or as many as I can of them, in the fullness of time. But have a listen to this. Many women in Ireland who develop diabetes and pregnant have to pay for their own insulin and testing strips. Women can spend over a thousand euro on these medications and sometimes their care is compromised as a result of these unforeseen costs. Diabetes medication is free for anyone else that develops diabetes, either type 1 or type 2. So why can't pregnant women be looked after for the duration of their pregnancy? Now, Anybody who has diabetes or who has someone in the house, family, friends, with diabetes will know that it's on what they call the LTI, the Long-Term Illness Scheme, and all of your meds are free. Unless you happen to pick up diabetes as part of being pregnant, which they call gestational diabetes. That video comes from the Fabulous Pharmacist Instagram page. Laura Dowling, good morning. Hello, how are you? I I didn't realise that I knew gestational diabetes was a thing, but I didn't realise you, you had to pay for the meds. Yeah, unfortunately, it was. It used to be um, covered under the long-term illness scheme, but in 2014, um, the powers that be decided to take it off the long-term illness scheme. So now women who um, 
are not entitled to a medical card have to pay for their insulin and their testing strips. And we know that the best way for them to manage their diabetes can often be to to just test their their uh, their blood sugars. Some may not even need their insulin, but yeah, it can rack up a huge cost for them that, that's been unforeseen for them, obviously. Now, diabetes meds, because they're on the scheme, most people don't even know how much they cost. How much do they cost? Uh, well, they they're they're very expensive, and certainly the test strips can be anything around fifty euro per per box of test strips. Now they do fall under the drug payment scheme, but it means that a lady is paying up to one hundred and fourteen a month up until um, January of this year. That's now been reduced to a hundred euro a month, so that would be the threshold. But it's still a significant outlay when you consider a woman will be, you know, going on maternity leave and maybe taking reduced hours or taking reduced payments from their employer. So it's certainly something that they they didn't foresee that they would have to spend if they are diagnosed with gestational diabetes. How common is this? So it's 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 getting more and more uh, prevalent as we um, we maternal age increases, and um, so it's something that is is getting more and more common because you know a risk factor can be age, it can be weight um, weight um, weight gain as well. So certainly it's something that we are seeing more and more of. And is it a form of diabetes that is? by definition temporary like does it does it go away does it rectify itself after baby's yes, born well, well, yeah well often a, a lady with her blood sugar levels will uh, will go back to normal post delivery of her baby um, and we, we often see that however it does predispose her to getting type 2 diabetes later in life or to having gestational diabetes in subsequent pregnancies so she does need to be monitored um, mm after having been diagnosed with gestational diabetes and then post-delivery of her little baby. And when they took it, because again, I didn't know that, when they took it off the LTI back in 2014, what reason did they give or did they give a reason? Um, No, they didn't. Well, I never heard a reason anyway. All I know is that I started having to charge ladies for their medicines and it, it you know it, it's terrible to have to do that we should be looking after our pregnant women to ensure that they have the best outcome that they can now women that are in the system and they are regularly monitored and are looked at you know they do have very good outcomes but um it is something that a woman has to take on and often a woman might feel guilty for having um gestational diabetes in pregnancy even though you know, it's it's not her fault and it's something that just needs to be managed and looked after. So, mm. yeah, there was no reason given. Now, if there are people listening to us at the moment who, who are pregnant, would they know if they were developing gestational diabetes and how they might watch themselves? Well, often gestational diabetes will be diagnosed in the second part of pregnancy, so it's usually the, the second trimester. Um, some symptoms that they might be experiencing will be an increase in thirst, an increase in urination, fatigue, maybe nausea and vomiting, which can often be signs of pregnancy itself, you know, that way. Um, and then weight loss with, with increased appetite and some blurred vision. However, in the maternity hospitals, women are screened for gestational diabetes, so they will have urine samples and they will test for uh, glucose in their urine, which is a significant um, factor in in determining whether a woman has gestational diabetes or not. And you mentioned that the drugs are covered under the uh, drug payment scheme, but should that can take a while to get to, to, yeah, to kick do, in? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they can they can be um, they can be covered under the, the emergency scheme. But then there there are women as well that come from other countries and and live here, and they may not have a PPS number initially, and they 
I've seen it happen where they are diagnosed with gestational diabetes and they actually have to pay for their meds until they get the PPS number sorted until, you know, and these women may not have, have, have the means to, yeah. to be able to, to afford this. So it's, 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 it's very difficult for them. And I suppose we need to be really looking after our pregnant women. We need to make sure they have good outcomes for their pregnancy and good outcomes yes. for their babies too. Yes. And, and in general, I mean, if there, if there is an average, Laura, if one didn't have either a medical card or the drug payment scheme card, how much would it cost in an average case? Oh God, I've seen a woman spend hundreds of euro on their insulin and and, and test tri- testing strips as a result of not having their PPS number and not being able to set themselves up on, on a scheme initially, you know. Um, so it's, yeah, so it, it's tough on them. Okay. Listen, Laura, thank you for bringing that to my attention. I certainly didn't know this. I certainly did not know this. Um, um, so that it actually was on the LTI and they took it off almost without yeah. so much and with no explanation to pharmacists like yourselves. Okay. Listen, thank you for that. Uh, Laura Dowling, the fabulous pharmacist. She's been practicing in the community pharmacy for 20 years or more. Did you know that? If you have a, a diabetic in your family, if you're diabetic yourself, if you know anybody who's diabetic, all their meds and all their testing strips are covered under what they call the LTI, the Long-Term Illness Scheme, which is a fabulous little scheme. It could be expanded a bit, but things like that now, certain forms of bronchitis, uh, epilepsy, multiple sclerosis, I think, there's quite a number of illnesses covered on the LTI scheme. All your meds are free once you're approved for it, and generally speaking... Diabetes 1 or 2 are on it. But gestational diabetes, not only is that not on it, but it was on it, and they took it off. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Cork's 96FM. Yeah, we'll have Laura on again at, at some other point soon to discuss other things because there's a, many, many uh, meds are very expensive for for um, pregnant women. Uh, we'll we'll come back to it. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Call it as the drug schemes are a mess. I have a rheumatoid arthritis. It's a lifelong illness, but it's not on the long term scheme. Yeah, the long term the the list of of illnesses on the long term scheme is quite short, and I don't think it has been increased in a number of years. Might actually be worth talking to a doctor or a GP about that because it is quite short. And I know about it because we're lucky enough to have it in my house. Um, my boy has a mild epilepsy and his meds are covered. And just his it's, his prescription is covered every month and there's no questions asked. And it's on the scheme, but the list is quite short. 0818 96 96 96. The Students' Union at UCC says it has helped five female students in the past week alone whose drinks had been spiked. Maeve Richardson is their communication and engagement officer. Maeve, good morning. Good morning. Sadly that we are on the radio this morning discussing this massive issue. It's absolutely heartbreaking that we've returned to nightlife and sadly this utterly disgusting behaviour has returned with it. We've been talking about this for a while. Um, for example, the spiking that someone was actually sticking things into people at one point and every so often it comes up on the programme and some, shall we say, 
some people in authority would like to play it down, but in actual fact, it's 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 an everyday problem now. Absolutely, it's such a massive issue, you know, and people are so afraid to step forward, you know, as a non-judgmental body, you know, young people often feel a lot safer approaching us than going to official authorities. We do try and encourage anyone who comes to us to make a report so that, you know, that we're adding to official numbers because this is such a massive issue. But we're glad that we can be there to support our students. But this issue is growing and growing and we're trying to work with as many venues as possible to try clamp down on this issue. Now this happened, the, the five cases that you've dealt with in recent days happened without naming the, the, the locations obviously, happened across three different venues. Yeah, um, all within Cork City Centre sadly. Um, it's been absolutely heartbreaking, you know, lots of young people just want to have a safe time when they're out in Cork City Centre they want to feel like they can mind themselves, you know, like young women in particular are being affected by this. Of course, young men are being affected as well, but they're doing everything they can. They're covering their drinks. They're keeping an eye on their friends, everything that they can do. But it just seems like this maliciousness won't go away. And, you know, there's often talks being very random, random spikings. But the reality is none of this is random. People are planning to go out and spike people. People know, people are looking for a target and it's really a behaviour we need to address in our society. Keeping an eye on your friends and the kind of behaviours they're displaying, are the people around you capable of doing this? It's unusual, you say, to have this surge, if you like, of as many cases in a few days. Yeah, it is a lot in the past few days. I suppose with nightlife reopening, I suppose the people who display this behaviour are starting to feel comfortable in nightclubs again. They're getting comfortable with trying to do the spiking activities again. And that's why it's super concerning, which is why we need to, you know, look at how we operate our nighttime venues and how we can counteract that behaviour, whether that's more monitoring or whether that's having more pastoral care staff in place to look after people who look like they're not having a good time inside a nightclub. These are things we need to start thinking about. Yeah. How are the people that, that came to see you? How are they? How are they doing? So the these particular individuals dealt with our welfare officer, Quiva Walsh, who is absolutely amazing individual to be working with, who is very sympathetic. Um, she has said that they are obviously very upset, very shook. Um, it's such a shocking thing to happen to people. Um, Physically, they on in the day or two after, they were very physically ill. Um, the mental impact is massive. Um, you know, they would have been quite sick, passing out, vomiting. Um, they did recover within a few days. It looks like there isn't any long-term damage. But again, it's that mental impact. Mm -hmm. It's that feeling of safety being gone. Is the, is the spiking coming from... I suppose it's impossible to say, but you hear what you hear, Maeve. Is the spiking coming from other students or are the students being targeted by, if you like, non-students? Do you know? It's nearly impossible to know. We we don't, you know, deal with the attackers as such. Um, it's I'd say it's a wide variety of people across our society, people who just feel like they can do whatever they want, who have no respect for other people's bodies, for example, I wouldn't say it's particularly students. I think it's a societal problem across 
all age groups who feel like they can get away with this. And is it linked to attempting to sexually exploit someone or is it just to spike someone because you can to make them sick and and that didn't you know which is which i think it's tied into a number of things i would say you know but intent to cause bodily harm is top of the list whether that's sexually or physically um another element to it is the potential to rob someone uh, that has also come up and yes some people do use it purely as a sick joke i do believe we do believe that spiking comes hand in hand with gender-based violence we do think it's the same sort of behaviors that like a spiking case can easily lead to a random attack on the street mm. yeah and it's just not acceptable we and we have to Step up, don't we? In twenty, and look, it's it's not today nor yesterday, Maeve, that I was in college, or that any of my friends were in college, but but I remember it happening when I was there. Uh, this has been going on since time immemorial. It, it has to stop. It absolutely has to stop, and the only way we can do it is to watch who's around us and see what's going on. You know, we're doing so much to try and protect each other at the moment. In UCC students, we're looking into buying drink covers because it's just gone to that point where. We can't get through to these people and we have to try protect our own, you know. It's a symptom of our society and how we treat each other and how we respect each other. All we can do is try and treat the symptoms because we can't make it stop. We can't mitigate it. You know, we really that's, want to that's stand true, up. That's true, isn't it? You make that point. Develop it for a second, if you would. Like, that it is... It's an indication in 2022, of the the lack of respect that we have for each other, in your view? In my view, yes. There are just some people who don't view other people as important enough to respect their independence, for them to go out and just have a day where they don't get spiked or shouted at in the street or attacked in the street. The other issue as well is, and... I think this is another problem that is time memorial that people think that people get spiked. Oh, they're probably drinking too much. They're probably plastered anyway. Many people get spiked when they're dead sober as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. people don't want to believe victims. They don't want to believe that this bad thing is happening in our society. They want to simply believe, no, nope, someone may. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com.
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hate their own mistake. They don't want to identify that this is a problem that other people are doing to other people. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so, so, I mean, so, so dangerous, like regardless of whatever sexual exploitation may go on and that in itself is abhorrent. But if you go out, out of a sense of nothing other than divilment, stupidity, and you spike someone, you could kill them if they have the wrong medical condition, if they have the wrong body chemistry, you could kill them. Exactly. Like the consequences of this are huge, but I don't think people who are doing this really care about that. You know, they're sick enough to engage in this behavior. You can easily kill someone, you can give someone really long term effects. You know, you don't know the impact of those drugs other than making someone sleepy, passing out, nauseous, vomiting. And that's the thing, it can be quite similar to someone being drunk, which is why you have to keep an eye on your friends and see what those symptoms are like see what's going on with their drink. Does it look like there's excessive bubbling going on in their drink? Is the ice sinking in their drink? Mm. Is that what caused it? Mm. I saw something on a Netflix program I was watching recently, and I don't know if it actually exists. I meant to look it up, where a group of girls were out for a few drinks, and one of them had she had some kind of nail varnish on her, which was entirely non-toxic, but when she dipped it in a drink, if the drink had been spiked, it changed colour. Now, I don't know whether that's there, fictional or not, but does that exist, do you know? There has been a project, I believe, in the UK to try and invest in that, but I don't think it's been NHS or HSE approved. Yeah. But I don't know if it, if it does exist. Yeah. Um, it has been trialled, but it hasn't been rolled out to general public. Yeah. Was, so it was a drama series, now, so probably fiction, you know. But yeah, it's yeah. probably based off the idea that was displayed in... There was a project to try instigate that, but I don't think it actually came into fruition. But you have to keep an eye out for the signs of drink spiking, excessive bubbling, ice sinking, if sometimes a drink can change colour slightly. Yeah, yeah. And I know we're always saying here that, you know, it's a bit like attackers just shouldn't attack and spikers shouldn't spike. But people need, it's just a necessity to say to people, you have to be so, so careful. You know, for me, it starts with the smallest behaviours of someone disrespecting someone, ignoring consent, insulting people, showing a general lack of respect, because anyone who starts showing problematic behaviours like that is really capable of escalating it. So it's really keeping an eye on everyone around you. And, you know, of course, keeping an eye on your friends, making sure they're covering the top of their drink, making sure they're not leaving their drink alone. But then again, the vast majority of people won't do that anyway. But people go out of their way to cause other people harm. Yeah. The great Mary Crilly is listening to us, Maeve, and she says Safe Gigs Ireland is a campaign where the Cork Sexual Violence Centre uh, has a space where they gather information on spiking and its prevalence. So when greats like Mary are on the case, hopefully we have progress. Exactly. Mary Crilly is an amazing source along with Safe Gigs and the Cork Sexual Violence Centre. And we're so grateful to the Cork Sexual Violence Centre for being 
something that we can refer people to. They're also one of our Raise and Give charities this year. And we're really proud to be supporting oh, brilliant. them. Oh, they're benefiting from Rag, Week, from Rag Week. That's fantastic, Maeve. When is that on? That is the week of the 28th February and we're raising for the Cork Sexual Violence Centre, Cork Missing Persons Search and Rescue and Age Action South. That's three fantastic uh, charities and we'll talk, I, I imagine, at some point during that. That's great. Maeve Richardson, who is Communications and Engagement Officer with UCC Students' Union. Three, five cases of spiking in the past week have come forward to the Students' Union. Three different locations, all within the city centre. Everyone involved is doing okay now, which is great. Tom says, you're never all right until you're home and safe. I tell my daughters if they have a bottle, to take it with them. If they have a glass and they leave it to go to the bathroom or whatever, then do not come back to it. Dave says, a lot of student bars, PJs, PJ, don't let non-students on the premises. See, your problem there, Dave, is you might have that policy, but under the law of discrimination, you could be challenged on it. It's not just drugs, PJ, with spiking. I've seen lads trying to add a shot of vodka to a girl's pint as they come to the bar. When I worked in nightclubs, they do it to get them drunk. I saw it myself, my friend. I saw it myself in the time. And I mentioned the programme during the week, uh, Smother, the great television show that's on at the moment. There was an incident of spiking in that on screen, uh, how it was done. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96 FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Access all areas on Cork's 96 FM. Your guide to nightlife on Leaside. Hi, it's Michael here with an update on Cork's Entertainment. 31 years since the release of their seminal debut album, Immigrants, Emigrants and Me, Paris Dreams released the long-awaited Auslander in 2021 and are now following it up with an Irish tour that takes in Cypress Avenue on Sunday, March 13th. Tickets are on sale now from cypressavenue.ie. Access all areas. Mac Fleetwood are Europe's premier tribute group to the supergroup Fleetwood Mac, playing the music from Peter Green era blues to the multi-platinum selling band that's still tour today. They come to Cork next month for a show in Cypress Avenue, taking place on Saturday, March 19th. Access all areas. You can contact us here at Access All Areas if you have a show, play, exhibition or gig coming up or any live streaming events by emailing us at aaa at 96fm.ie. Access all areas. Your guide to nightlife on the side. On Cork's 96FM. Now, there is a celebrity trial in the UK that hasn't even opened yet and probably won't open until May at least that is going to take up yards and yards of newspaper coverage and television coverage every single day. And that's the the ongoing spat between Rebecca Vardy and Colleen Rooney. That's... Two women who have no time for each other at all. Sky News correspondent Enda Brady's across the story and following it for us. Enda, good morning. Morning, PJ. Good to speak to you again. And to you, sir. Tell me, these two fell out over Instagram. Let's, let's bring listeners to the party here. What happened? So they used to be friends. Obviously, their husbands played in the Premier League together and they played for England together. They used to be friends. And then in October of 2019, there's a very famous social media post put up by Colleen Rooney where she put out her 
anger and annoyance as various different stories about her and her family that had been popping up in tabloid newspapers. And she'd been suspicious for some time about who was doing this, who the leak was, who the mole was, where the information was coming from. What she had been doing was, on her Instagram story, she planted fake news. So she put down one story that they'd had a flood in the basement of her property. Never happened, but she put it up on Instagram. And what she did was she gradually reduced the number of people who could see that story until she reduced it back down to just one account. And her famous post ended with the words, it's Rebecca Vardy's account. So that was how she unmasked who she felt was responsible for leaking the stories about her. And that's how she got the nickname Wagatha Christie. Now, obviously, Rebecca, Rebecca, Rebecca Vardy says, that wasn't me. Yes, she denies it. And she's now suing Colleen Rooney for libel. Now, what's happened this week, there's been two days in the High Court. It's effectively a pre-trial hearing where the lawyers all get together at great expense to everyone involved. And they hammer out what evidence can be heard at a full trial. The judge listens to everything and it'll be the judge who will decide what can go ahead to trial. Trial at the High Court could be as early as May. um, But the latest information I have this morning is that this is costing £500 sterling a minute in legal fees. What? Per minute. Per minute. Good Okay. Now, I got. I listened to another report uh, in the week about this, and uh, I got the impression that the judge would kind of prefer if they sorted it out between them and, and didn't waste his time or waste her time. Yeah, yeah. It's a female judge, Mrs. Justice Stein. Now, listen to just the mechanics of this, PJ. So, at the end of last year, all the barristers, all the junior barristers, the investigations, everything that had been done had hit in excess of 1.5 million euros in fees, right? That was at the end of December, 1.5 million euros minimum. So that doesn't even take in January and February so far. So if Rebecca Vardy were to win, if it went to a full trial and she won at the high court, the maximum legal experts feel she would win would be around 50,000 pounds sterling. And there's 1.5 million gone already. And presumably she'd get her costs. Well, you would imagine so, but uh, it is bonkers, the amount of money. I mean, if I was advising either of these two women now, no one wants to lose face. But had either of these women come to me a year ago and said, oh, you know, what should we do here? I would have just said, do you know what? Sit down and have a drink together and sort it out. Or we can sit down and each of you bring a suitcase with a million quid in it and I'll set fire to it because that's what you're doing. Crikey. And it is a huge celebrity story, isn't it? Yeah, mainly because of who's involved. So you have the Roonies, you've got Colleen Rooney and her husband Wayne Rooney, and then you've got Rebecca Vardy who's married to Jamie Vardy. And, you know, they're household names here. Anywhere people watch the Premier League, everyone knows who... Wayne Rooney is, everyone knows who Jamie Vardy is. And because they're so famous, their wives are very famous wags here. Um, they're all over reality programs. They're fodder for the magazines. Everyone loves following their lives. And because of the fallout from all of this, this has got unbelievable exposure. But I don't care how much money you have. They are literally burning it right now on lawyers. Now, it's it's not... 
the done thing to ask a reporter how he feels a court case would run out or would turn out, so I'm not going to do that. But do you think it'll go ahead, Andy? Do you think they'll insist on it going ahead? I think you've got two parties who dislike each other so much from what we've seen already and two entrenched positions. Colleen Rooney feels that she was correct in what she said. She feels that it was that account that was putting out these fake stories about her, putting leaking information. Um, and then you've got Rebecca Vardy who denies any wrongdoing and she's countersuing for, for libel. So, I mean, it's a bit of a toxic mess, if I'm honest. I think the judge is probably right in saying to them that, you know, this need not go to a full trial. Are you aware? You know, if this if this goes to a full libel trial at the High Court in London, it could last two weeks and two weeks is an awful long time when you're paying lawyers £500 a minute. And some of the language involved that would come out at that trial has already come out at the pre-trial. Some of the language in the two of these has been choice. They'd be better off just to go and... Actually, remember like they used to do on, on Dynasty years ago? Just <laughs> slug it out in the swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, Coronation Street style. Knock on the door and slap someone in the face and walk off. But the language, we can't even... I'm sure people have read it. Look, we can't repeat that on family radio. No. Uh, but it, it is shocking stuff. It is, it is shocking, but... Uh, ultimately, you do wonder who's advising the parties or if they're taking any advice at all. But uh, certainly if someone had come to me a year ago and said, how do you think this is going to play out? Um, I would have said, get a very big checkbook and keep writing checks. <laughs> Enda, thanks very much. We might catch up again. Enda Brady of Sky News covering that story, which may or may not go to trial in May. If it does, look at that, 500 quid sterling. A minute in league. In other words, since I've been talking to Enda, they've run up the bones of five grand. Just in legal fees. Just looking at more of your headline entries. These are good. Oh, these are good. To bed, to shed. You see, that's someone who could be writing for the sun or writing for the mail or to bed, to shed. That's one of my favourites so far. Sleep longer, live your life lighter and longer. Bit long, but I get your point. Keep them coming. 083 396 96 96. I watched a pitch, I think it was a pitch anyway, by Fiona Edwards Murphy from the Apis Project about saving the bees. Fiona, your passion for our little flying friends is infectious. Good morning. Hi, PJ. Thanks very much for having me on. (laughs) Now, tell me about the APIS project, but first of all, tell me about the fear you have for the future of the humble honeybee and how we would all be in serious trouble if they stay in decline. Yeah, so um, I guess I first started learning about honeybees and how important they are um, 10 years ago now. So (laughs) it's been a decade of of telling people about bees and and learning more about them. so honeybees are, are fundamentally important, or all bees and an awful lot of insects in general actually are, are, are fundamentally important as pollinators. Um, so what they do is they actually, when they fly from flower to flower, um, collecting nectar to turn into honey, uh, they actually perform this really, really important um, action called pollination. So they spread pollen around and trigger the mechanism that actually allows plants 
to create, you know, fruit, vegetables, nuts, all, all the things that we eat. So honeybees are, are really, really important in the production of um, some of the most nutritious crops that we eat. So things like um, almonds, blueberries, apples, pears. So an awful lot of the kind of um, foods that bring a lot of var- variation to our diet and, and nutrition and vitamins, minerals. Um, so that's really important. So it's very important that we keep uh, a sufficient number of pollinating insects and, available and, and do to those, us. Do those foods, those, uh, do they all rely on um, insect pollination to propagate? They do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So it's kind of a case of if you don't have pollinators, you don't get food out of <laughs> those trees and, and bushes and stuff like that. Uh, so my, my favorite example is the almond industry. Uh, so in, in California, in the US, um, there's about 80% of the almonds that we eat across the entire globe are produced there in this kind of five county area. And they need every single February, they need about 2.6 million beehives. Um, in that area in order for those trees to produce any almonds at all. So every time you eat an almond, you're eating something a honeybee gave you. Now, while I love yeah. while I love almonds, uh, I'm not a fan of the avocado, but the avocado depends on the yes. bee as well. Yeah, absolutely. Avocados also uh, pollinated um, uh, blueberries. Uh, pretty much kind of right. trying to think of a, a really nice brunch without come to the apis project then what's that about yeah so what we do what we do at apis protect is we um have a sensor technology um that helps beekeepers to understand what's happening inside in their beehive um so beekeepers can uh, get our technology put inside their beehive we measure things like uh, the temperature the sounds those bees are making whether or not the beehive is moving and what we can do is we can help the beekeepers identify when their beehives are behaving um, strangely and pretty much um, understanding those beehives, even when you're not anywhere near the beehive. So you can open your phone or your laptop, look at the data, say, oh, that beehive is behaving normally, so I don't need to put a lot of work into it or, oh, there's something strange going on, so I need to go intervene. And what that does is it allows the beekeepers to um, uh, basically identify problems before they become major issues. So that was one of the things I learned very early on in, in my PhD was um there's, there's an awful lot of problems that beekeepers face um, and there, there are a whole laundry list of different problems, things like starvation, um, uh, diseases, pests, hives being blown over by the wind even. So it's, it's a huge variety of problems, but all of them or almost all of them have relatively straightforward solutions. But the problem is knowing what's happening when your beehives are an, an hour's drive away from you. Yes. So that's what our technology does. You put a little sensor into the hive, is that it? Yeah, yeah. So it's a little black sensor. It's about it's actually about the size of an iPhone. And that just slides into the gap. There's a little gap at the top of the beehive above where all the bees live. And um, pretty much that's got five sensors on boards on board. And it's measuring just the, the parameters inside the beehive. So is the beehive hot today? Is it cool today? Is it damp? Is it, um, you know, is it very noisy or is it very quiet? And then we apply a, a technology called machine learning, which is kind of, um, it's the same technology that Netflix uses to know what kind of movies you like or Spotify uses to know what kind of music you like. But we use it to know what kind of conditions the honeybees like. <laughs> uh, and we help the beekeepers to understand what's going on a, a little bit better and use their skills and their techniques uh, at the right place at the right time. Okay. Now, day to day, as ordinary individuals who would only ever see a, a, a beehive in it from, from a distance, how yeah. can we help our little friends? 
So the, the most important thing that we can do for, for all pollinators, and that does include honeybees and, and all of our solitary bees, is um, make sure that we've got plenty of uh, habitats and um, food available for them. So making sure you plant any opportunity that you get to plant uh, like crocuses right now or, or what's in bloom that they'd be, um, that they'd be um, uh, collecting nectar from. But planting a tree is absolutely the best thing you can possibly do for not just bees and other insects, but also birds and squirrels and stuff like that. So planting a tree gives yeah, gives nectar and pollen to the pollinators and the bees. It gives a house to um, different animals and different birds. And it, it, uh, like the likes of, say, um, a, a holly tree or a hawthorn tree or something like that would also give berries as well, which is another source of food for other animals. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a basically contributing to uh, there being somewhere for all of these little animals to live to yeah. keep us alive. And and for people who and it's coming into spring now in a few weeks' time, the weather will be getting better and we'd be putting out the window boxes. Can you change your window box seasonally or your pot plants in the yard seasonally to to, to help yeah. these? Yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty much anything with a flower on it, as long as you're keeping your your window box so that there's plenty of flowers like that. You know, everybody knows at different times of year, you've got heather towards the end of the year, you've got your bulbs at the start of the year, making sure that there's always a flower open. It makes us happier as well because those are really nice window boxes to look at. But as long as there's a flower, there's an insect that's got some food. Um, So uh, rotating it around and like that. Try not to use pesticides or spray anything all over it because then you're attracting them in and making them sick. So a little bit less pesticides, a little bit more flowers. Everybody will be happy. If people want to learn more about your work, there's a website? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so you can go on to apisprotect.com. Um, and uh, we also were on all kinds of social media um, and everything like that to, you know, if you want to go on Twitter or, or Instagram or something like that uh, to follow us. And you can learn a lot more about bees. And if you're a beekeeper who's interested in our technology, you can see how you can get involved. OK. All right. Good to speak with you, Fiona. Dr. Fiona Edwards Murphy of the Apis Protect Project. Uh, minding the bees. No bees. No avocado on toast. Oh, my God. Oh, my Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Hi, I hope you can help me with this. I'm renting on the south side for the last six years. I'm now over my hold in my rented house at the moment by three months. I'm on the city housing list for nine years. I ended up in hospital three times in my last pregnancy over all the stress. My son was born early. The only option housing tell me is the homeless route, which would be hard for my girl with her emotional needs and behaviour issues. I now have an 11-week-old son and a daughter who'll be nine in March. It's been a really hard year. I bid for everything on CBL. Even since October, I've applied for 35 private rented homes. By the time you email back your details after the virtual viewing, the houses are already after being let. I have all my rental references and working references. I hope you could help me. My daughter has to have an SNA in her school. I'm on the housing list nine years and I'm just so stressed. And there are lots and lots of those messages and unfortunately there is nothing that we can do. We have sent some questions to uh, the council with regard to the stuff that's coming into us and if we get the answers back we'll bring them to you. But there's not a whole pile we can do other than Give people a voice and, and let them tell their story. 0818 96 96 96. 
can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Let's get down, let's get down to business. We're back to the music. The Quartz 96FM Music Panel gives you the power to pick our playlist. Click 96FM.ie now. 96FM.ie now. Just like this. Take the 10-minute survey now. And you could win a 100 euro Just Eat voucher. The power to pick what we play. Pick what we play. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Join the Quartz 96 FM music panel. Find the link on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Or see 96FM.ie. The lines are live. And we're ready to talk. Can we just talk? Call 0818-969696. Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. On Cork's 96FM. Seems to be a hamstring problem for Johnny. We'll miss the match Saturday. Joey Carberry to start at number 10, we think, in, in Paris. That's a big game. Like That's a really, really, really big game. And Johnny would have been so instrumental in getting the win. But who knows? We can go and do it. We can go and do it. 0818-96-96-96. Now, before I get on to all the other business we have to mop up, um, yesterday, Fiona, around this time, you were telling me about, about Magda and she was looking for a newspaper. Yes, that's right. So Magda has been collecting newspaper, the examiner uh, from the 29th of the 12th every year for the last 18 years or 17 years. And she wanted to give them to her son when he turns 18. And she had been missing the one, the last one, the 29th of the 12th, 2021. And she contacted us to see if we would be able to get her one. And um, she did contact the examiner office herself, but they said that they only kept copies for the last two weeks. So um, we put out a call yesterday and Owen English the <gasps> lovely esteemed own English contacted us and said he got on to a lady in the Cork office called Phil and Phil rooted out a copy and they got Magda's address and they posted it to her so Magda should be receiving that either today or tomorrow so she was delighted with that Ah that's great Ah that's yeah. great You Always trust Owen, Ber- Owen Berla to come up with the goods <laughs> <laughs> Nice one Thanks Owen and thanks Phil and that's great to have that collection or that one for Magda's collection 0818 96 96 96 on the Wagatha the, the Wags Colleen and Rebecca that Ender Brady was telling me about in the last hour. £500 a minute for the lawyers. It's not enough for the utter tripe they have to listen to. Seriously, like, it's a rubbish case. Should never see the inside of a court. Both the judge and lawyers will need more than Valium by the end of it. (laughs) Speaking as a lawyer myself, who had to listen to many a moan in my time. Thanks. Your headlines are still coming in for our competition Sleep yourself skinny. That's not bad. That's not bad. <laughs> Keep napping. Stop the wing bingo wings from flapping. Fair enough. Snooze it to lose it. Okay. Yeah, this is pages, pages, pages. I'll come back to them. Oh, wait, one. And we keep them coming in because we, we don't draw the winner until around 5 to 12. 350 euro. One for all voucher from our friends at Board Gosh Energy this week. And tomorrow, because it's Friday... And because we love you, it's 500 quid tomorrow in a one-for-all voucher. And remember that the Board Gosh team of professional service engineers 
Use 19 separate checks to make sure your boiler is running safely and efficiently. They have appointments in Cork right now. See boardgashenergy.ie forward slash services for more um, information. Boardgash Energy invites you to imagine a better way. The story, getting more sleep might be a way to lose weight, according to research from the University of Chicago. We're asking you to have some fun with that on 083. 396 96 96. You're making our job very difficult because the entries are brilliant. Now, Kevin, you put this story up on the Kinsale notice board, but you also wanted to talk about it on the opinion line. Good morning. Yes, good morning, PJ. When is it that you had this uh, mini stroke? This was on the 8th of January. Um, I was just I'd come back from West Cork where I'd been for the new year and I decided I needed to get back into my fitness um, for the new year. So I walked, I, I, lucky I live in the centre of Kinsale. So I thought I'd walk over to the dock beach and back um, as on, on a brisk walk. And I, I had made it all the way to the beach and I was walking back and I started f- a strange feeling in my right leg and it, it just wasn't functioning and I thought oh it, it had felt like it had just gone to sleep and I thought oh I'll keep going it'll go away in a minute and and it didn't it started to get worse and then I thought I'd better ring my wife and um, get her to come and pick me up and um, I, I couldn't the, the signal was going from my brain to my arm and the arm wouldn't function to take the phone out of my pocket mm. and I pulled into the side I thought I'm going to fall over, and indeed I did. And I was thinking, just lying there on the ground. And at that moment, there was didn't didn't appear to be many people around. But fortunately, within a couple of minutes, um, a, a car stopped, and all sorts of people came to my aid. And um, you know, the the crux of it was I'd I'd actually had a I think it's a mild stroke as opposed to a mini stroke is okay. what they technically call it. Right, right. Were you frightened? Were you like? Were you fully conscious of what was going on all the time? Absolutely. You know, I, 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 I knew, you know, having read, having read about it, it never occurred to me I'd had a stroke at all. You know, I just thought that's just something strange, a sort of a blip. And um, um, you know, I'd been in good health. You know, and uh, you know, it, it, it just, it was, it was a very almost surreal feeling. And my brain was totally sharp the whole time. So, mm. and I didn't have any of the other sort of symptoms of a stroke such as you know the your voice goes or um or your sort of the, the side of your face starts to to, to droop um i just had a, a, a simple um uh, you know it, the stroke had just caused the uh, right hand side of my um body to to, to malfunction right right um, now you were you were rushed to, to hospital the ambulance came in about a half an hour i think that's correct. Yes, and um, it's it's only after reading up about this afterwards, you know, and looking back with it with the benefit of hindsight and the hospital, I realised just how fantastic it was that the people who came to my aid, you know, they, I think they must have thought stroke straight away, and and the first uh, lady who arrived, I think there was well, there was two ladies. I think one was Carla um, from Balance Spittle, and there was another girl, Kate from Clonakilty, and. Um, they sort of they spoke to the to the ambulance service and they went through various checks, and one of them um, she had a friend who was a GP and Kinsale, and he turned up a few minutes later and um, and I think they'd given instructions to the ambulance and then to the CUH uh, 
for my arrival. And um, again, I appreciate you know something that people may not be aware of um, is that you know every minute counts in getting you getting mm-hmm. you to a hospital. Any sign of a stroke, it's get there as quickly as possible so that the so that the the doctors in the hospital can give you the appropriate treatment and 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 do a scan and and that you know I've recovered fairly quickly and well by stroke standards I've recovered very quickly good, and that good. was purely as a result of the people getting me to hospital as quickly as I did and the, great, were, and the great service from CUH were you in pain Kevin at any point no nothing at all no pain at all I mean I I actually felt quite you know, you know, I was having the crack while I was just just lying there on the ground. You know, with the, you know there was the people who were looking after me, and then a couple, you know, a couple of friends started walking past, and uh, um, it was it was just a strange experience. Mm, mm. I imagine that that the point where you decided I better ring my wife, and the hand just wouldn't go into the pocket to get the phone. That must have been scary. It was. You know, I just think it, it, when it's actually happening to you. You don't think so. I, I, even then. I wasn't thinking stroke. I just, I just couldn't understand why my brain. You know, the, the instinct was to make the phone call. But if it'd been in my left pocket, I would have been fine. But it was in my right pocket, and my right arm wasn't working. It was just, it was just strange. And you know, it. Um, I mean, I gather one in six people will have a stroke in their lifetime, and varying, um, with various um, consequences. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, this was my first experience, and it yeah. was, you know, it. it, it I, I just feel very lucky, you know, that it, that it that it ended up being mild. But you know, I was kept under close surveillance for. Yeah. Nearly, I was kept in hospital for nine for nine days. I was just so, going to ask you that, yeah, how long you were there, yeah. And and did did your feeling, did your sensation start to come back relatively quickly, or what? Um, they were they were they were coming. They were intermittent for the first hour, you know, while I was lying there. The feeling came back in the leg for a moment, and then it went again. I see. And um, but then it, but but it was quite a few days. You know, well, it, it still hasn't fully recovered now. But it, it was a, it was about four or five days before you know I was able to really move my leg properly at all. Right, and they gave you thrombolysis, which is they call it clot busters. It's it's an injection, isn't it? Correct. That's exactly what they gave me. You know, there are some risks with it, but you know, I think they were basically saying <laughs> that the. the the benefits will far outweigh the risk. So they, they pumped that through you and that, you know, that, that was given to me within about 20 minutes of arriving at CUH. Mm-hmm. There's a lesson in it for all of us, isn't there, Kevin, in that you were a relatively fit man. You were out for a walk, uh, a, a fairly decent length of a walk. And on your way back, I yeah. see in your post, you, you resisted the temptation, fair play to you, you resisted the temptation <laughs> to pop in for a pint and kept, and kept walking. And then this, it could happen to any of us. Indeed, you know it's and it's not you know I think once it's recognised I'm 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 just sixty five now so but you know in 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 good health and and, and fitness but um you know twenty you know, strokes happen um to twenty five percent of all strokes happen in younger people yes and it, when when you're in that when you're in the strokes unit in the hospital and you're looking around and you you know just the cross section of people that are in there. There were a number of young people, you know, who were who were who were, who were obviously who had been fit and healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you did you? This was your second emergency, I think. You had uh, you you had an incident when you were playing golf in 2019. That's correct, um, which was you know, substantially more serious. Again, I mean, I hadn't been ill in you know, I just retired and. 
I, I hadn't had an illness. I hadn't had a day off work in over 40 years. Um, playing golf and just out of the blue, um, I got a bang to the chest. Um, didn't know what it was. And um, again, my golf colleagues, Dan, John Murphy and Pat Coleman, they, they, they um, um, recognized that it was serious and, and sort of, again, got rang an ambulance and my wife straight away. And, um, but it turned out, you know, when I got to CUH, um, they couldn't work out what you know, the symptoms I was presenting with didn't seem to make sense. Um, um, I was I was conscious, but I was not aware of my, my eyesight had gone and disappeared. And um, it was, turned out to be an aortic dissection, mm. um, which is pretty serious, pretty serious. And I think my chances of survival were, were put at somewhere between five and ten percent, you know, when I was going into that operation. You know, you are an advertising billboard for early and quick intervention, Kevin. Absolutely. And um, again, I know that the aortic dissection, um, um, there is a a, a campaign both in the UK and in Ireland to promote that both just for doctors, because a lot of doctors are not even aware, have historically struggled to identify it as an issue. And again, it's, it's all about getting into hospital quickly and um, um, both strokes, you know, and I think my advice to people, you know, if, if you found somebody lying there on a, um, on the side of the road struggling with something or, you know, or they're, you know, just start to think, could it be a stroke? I mean, even if it is only mild and I think I've just, I've just been reading something actually this morning and it said 50% of people would not think to go to hospital straight away. Yeah. And indeed, if I, I if I had called my, if I'd probably got through to my wife, I'd have probably gone home first, sat there for an hour, wondering what to do before we might have gone to hospital. So that hour would have made a big, could have made a big difference and resulted in a, in a, in a, in a much more severe um, experience. Well, Kevin, I wish you a continued uh, speedy recovery and hope that you'll be soon able to wander down the, the road again for a walk out to the beach and maybe uh, stop for the pint on the way back this time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, I haven't had one yet, but um, I'm, I'm I'm already looking forward to it at some stage. But just just to, if I could give one quick plug to the Irish Heart Foundation, yes, who, yes. who I have supported since my first incident. And again, I know on Monday Valentine's Day is the day they do a lot of collections around supermarkets, and there's big promotions for the Irish Heart Foundation on that day. A wonderful organisation um, who, who look after the interests of the whole community. All right. Okay. Thank you very much, Kevin, and thanks for doing that. 0818969696. Yeah, a lot of young people get strokes. I know someone who's had strokes would be just about the same age as myself. And I've heard of people in their 30s having these mini strokes. They have more complicated names for them, but effectively it's a, a mild or a mini stroke. Kevin, thanks. 0818969696. Let me clear one or two more of your messages. Oh, yeah. Spiking. Talking about spiking and the fact that at UCC Students' Union, they've been approached by five students in the past week who have been spiked in three different venues in the city centre. They're very concerned about the level of spiking. It's every parent's worst nightmare. Two weeks ago, my son was walking along after his night out. He was going back to meet his friends and there was a girl in front of him and she collapsed. He waited with her for an hour and got an ambulance. She knocked out a couple of her teeth when she fell. I don't know if she'd been spiked, but it was so dangerous for her to be walking on her own at the same time. 
yeah, it, it's 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 out there and it is very very prevalent. Thank you for that. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie It's coming. (laughs) And you could win Mega Moolah. Listen for all the details this Thursday at 12.30. On Cork's 96FM. You are excelling yourself. Dream big, wake smaller. Love it. Sleep the waste away, as in waste, W-A-I-S-T. Snooze it to lose it. A couple of them. I my my yeah. Sleep yourself skinny is a good one. Uh, it's a loads of loads. Of, <laughs> uh, one hour longer, one self twinner. It's a trimmer. It's a bit complicated. I love that one. That's one of my favourites. There, penny for your thoughts, pounds for your dreams. I do like that. We'll pick one at five to twelve. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six for today's. Uh, 350 euro voucher from One for All. And remember, tomorrow, tomorrow, because it's Friday and because we love you, we're very generous, 500 euro with thanks to Board Gosh Energy. A 500 euro voucher because it is Friday. 0818 96 96 96. As I drove home yesterday lunchtime, walking across from City Hall stroke, the bus station side there, I spotted these guys with pickets in their hands about Sip2. Turns out they were uh, it was Don Carroll and and his group. Um Don, good morning to you. Morning PJ. You're you're in dispute with Sip2 over what? Well we're in dispute with Sip2 because we feel that they're not giving us proper representation. And who are um, that's the main no what we are we're we're Cork County Council of Water Services staff. Okay. Um, and we just felt that we had we like the, the, we said we, we said we just we felt that we had to protest yesterday. No, this you know like protest just when happened all of a sudden, PJ. This has been boiling for a while. Okay. We had one of the top officials from Sip to Dome with us before Christmas, making promises to us, and he was not sooner gone up the road when you know there was another agreement came in behind our back. Now this dispute started, no, I think, Don, when. Irish Water took over maintenance. Is that right? Well, that's that's part of it. That's, that's part of it, PJ. Right. But the thing about that, like yesterday's protest, really, was just about non. We say we say non, but we say the, that our SIP to the union are not supporting us on the ground. Now, what was agreed a couple of weeks ago, SIP to and other unions met the Minister Darrell O'Brien, and it was agreed that they were they were meant to present a document on our behalf. And this was a, a document of proposals um, that was meant to be given to him. And this was agreed you now by water services, Mr. committees around the country. Now, they refused to do so when they actually met him. OK, so that was that's, that was another one of the issues. Now, the other thing as well is that there there there's after been a lot of agreements made. And I can't really kind of go into the, okay. the, the nitty gritty of the agreements. But the thing about it, the agreements have been made without consultation. With, with the workers on the ground, the people that it affects most. No, we've, as I said, we 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 spoken to them, but they continue to carry on like that. Okay. No, the one thing, like the one thing, as a group of workers in Cork, what we want to do, we've we've asked our union to be more vocal. Other unions, and, and well, you know it, and people out there, if you go on, if you watch the six o'clock news every night, 
there's people from other unions out there voicing the support behind their, their own members every night almost. Mm. Now, we've asked him to, to come out and be supportive towards us. It hasn't happened. What we are asking Cork, and I'll say it, I'll say it on the airways today now, which is something that you gave, us, gave, you gave us an opportunity to say it. Mm. What we want SIPTO to do is come out where, the, where there's an SLA agreement and for people to say it's actually, it's a service level agreement that was agreed with the unions and the government, okay? Mm. Now, the one thing I would say as well is that, like, you know, we have a Cork T-shirt at the moment mm. and I'd like Michal Martin to come out and say that he's actually going to honour the agreement. Just for okay. the benefit of no, listeners, the, Don, the, who, the SLA, just, just yeah. for the benefit of listeners who, who don't fully understand, what is it okay. that you and your colleagues have lost out on? Well, what what it is at 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 present, the main thing that's going on at the moment is that there's there's actually probably say there's um, agreements being made without our consultation. That's the thing, the main thing, right? No, the one thing is that the SLA agreement is it's a service level agreement. No, but I mean, have you lost pay? Government. Have you lost yeah. out on conditions? No, 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 no there's, there's nothing like that. No, what the, the, the fairest PJC is that if we lose our SLA, if we lose our service level agreement, that's there until 2025, and we were promised by SIP2 at a meeting in Conley Hall, this was about three years ago, because with COVID and everything, there hasn't been anything really happening since in, the, in Conley Hall, we were, we were told by SIP2 three years ago in Conley Hall that the service level agreement that was, that was introduced and agreed with government, that that would, that would never change, and that they were looking to push it out to 2030 and beyond. Okay. No. What has happened since is that you know there's media reports coming out that they're going to renege on this. And um, I know the Minister Dara O'Brien was on the on, a, on a radio station last week, mm. and he was saying that you know he was he was making a comment that builders will be allowed to own their own connections and sites and everything yeah. else. No, like I'm that. just anxious that's to that. know, Don. I'm yeah. just anxious to know, just as a, as a as an ordinary Joe mm-hmm. Soap. The service level agreement, and I know how important these things are, but if that service level agreement was to expire or, or not to be followed through upon, what do you and your colleagues lose? Well, at, at the moment, CPG, we don't really know because that, that's the thing. And as of now, see, we, we could be, you know, you could be forever engaging in what will happen, what won't happen. What we have at present is that we have a service level agreement in place in 2025 and we want it honoured. And we want we want our union who promised us that they were going to push it out beyond it. And part, you know, just one because this is important. One of the things as part of the service level agreement, PJ, is that it can be pushed out. One of the parts of it, it can be pushed out to keep us. We want to keep our public service jobs, right? Now, the one the one thing is, is as well is that like all we're asking for, and the one thing I can state, the one thing I state always, is, is, as I said, is that what we're asking SIP2 to do, we want them to go public. And we want them to actually go on the six o'clock news or whatever they want to do, but we'd like it to be on the six o'clock news. And we want them to make a statement because there is a lot of stress out there with pe- between the workers and their families over this SLA agreement for the last so many years. We want them to go public and state in our support that the SLA will not change, that it, they'll carry it out to 2025, mm. and there'll be no there'll be no tweaking to it because I know that there was a proposition leaked recently from Irish Water stating that people could stay in the councils, but they'd have to be under the management of Irish Water, right? Now, that's a tweak to the to the okay, SLA. That's, we that's want a, a bit complicated. So another what you're looking for, yeah. trying to boil it down here for the benefit of this. Yeah. So you you are former Irish, or you are county council... We're Cork County, well, we're Cork County, County Council... Serv- county Council water, water Service Workers. Yeah. And obviously now that 
water service is carried out by Irish Water, you're worried about the terms and conditions of your work going forward. And you want exactly. and you want exactly. it reassured by your union. We want to reassure by union and we're not getting that. We've asked for vocal support. I can't understand for the least me why they can't come on with all the with all the uncertainty that's going on okay. with it and then talk about yesterday. I can't understand why they just can't come on and as I said on the six o'clock news yeah. and put us put all our minds at so, ease. So, so you're worried about your jobs and, and your conditions and, and all of those things. Is there any danger yeah. that this could lead to a water strike of any kind? No, 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 no. 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 There's nothing like there's nothing there's no talks of anything like that. You know? Okay. Everybody I tell you something, up, PJ, we are proud Cork County Council of Water Service workers. We're proud Cork County Council of workers. Where our contracts are with the Cork County Council. But as I said as I said already, we want the SLA honoured. Mm. Except you have been making too many agreements for a consultation. That's our other okay. big great Britain. Okay. And they're not being vocal on our behalf. I'm, break, I'm, breaking this do- I'm breaking this down, obviously, Don, for people who don't fully get it. So you, you were told, when Irish Water took over, you were told that your terms and conditions of work would remain the same. And now you're worried that they won't. And you want civil exactly. to reassure you that they will. That boils it into a sentence, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, as I said, the, the SLA, the SLA, the service level agreement, we want it honoured. That's the number one thing here today. We want it honoured. We want the government to honour it. We have a cop T-shirt. We want him to honour it. Okay. And after that, we, when it comes closer to the end of the term, when it comes closer to the end of the SLA, and they're coming closer to the end of 2025, then we'll see what happens. But okay. until such time... We want, we want to be given reassurances by the government and by our union, SIP2, that this won't be reneged on. Okay. And we want this, we want somebody to come out. We basically want somebody to come out and make a statement supporting us and okay. on our behalf saying that this won't be reneged on. Okay, okay. Don, I leave it there with you for today. We wanted to give you the opportunity because a lot of people saw the march yesterday and were wondering what it was about and Don, you're one of the workers. We boil it down into a, a simple sentence. These are the former Cork City and Cork County Council water workers. Okay, they're Cork County Council water workers. Irish Water, of course, runs the thing now. And at the time that that happened, they were promised that their terms and conditions of work would remain in place, and that service level agreement, as it's called is supposed to run until 2025. Now they, and, and then maybe be renewed. They are now concerned that that might not happen and they're asking their union, SIP2, to reassure them that it won't happen. So they, they are worried. These are public service water workers, the kind of people who go out in a flood and block, when block drains and that kind of stuff. And they're worried about the terms and conditions of their work. And we just wanted to mark it today because this might grow a little bit. John O'Donovan was on to say that's exactly what we were worried about when we started fighting water charges. It's a privatisation agenda. Everything we said is coming through. The Dursey Island cable car is unique in Europe. It's the only one of its kind in, in, in Ireland, obviously the only cable car in Ireland, but it's the in Europe it's the only one, I understand, that goes over open water, open seawater. And it may have to close from April to November of this year. I read that story in the Irish Times and I kind of said, what? But that's the peak season. That's when everybody wants to go to Dorsey on the cable car. 
is during the summertime. Joseph Sullivan, you farm on Dorsey Island and you go over there all the time. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. Why is this happening? Well, I mean, there are maintenance issues with the cable car at the moment. And the Cork County Council have said they want to take down the two towers that are there and they want to build two new towers for the cable car for future reference. Right. And to bring bring everything in for the next 20, 30, 40 years. That's what they want to do. Yeah, because there, there is a new, there is a replacement car, cable car has been agreed, hasn't it? A new one. It has, but it's run into a lot of issues. There's a lot of um, green-minded people. You have friends of the earth and their associates are against the big new prob- the big new pro- project that they want to run on Dorsey Island. That's going to cost in our own region of ten million. You, there's a proposed visitor centre and everything, cafe, and yeah. that's the big that's the big thing they want to do. Yeah, friends but of the Irish environment have have objected to that, and that'll probably go through the courts in in its in its own time. But your concern yes. is that you can't get over to farm your farm your animals if the cable cars off. That's exactly it. It's not just myself; it's my neighbours, my friends, the people that come and live and work and farm beside me on the island, and the people that come to their home place. They come back to visit their aunts, their uncles that live on the island, and. And they come for their weekend to stay in their home place. I mean, isn't there a ferry though? Um, well, there should be one provided for the summer months. But typically, for ourselves, for building materials and our farming needs, we get a we get a ferry three to four times a year. Oh, really? And is there something about the Dorsey Sound as well that it's quite difficult to to, to navigate by boat anyway? It is. It is. It's a very very treacherous. Uh, piece of water you have a strong tidal current that runs north to south it runs at about between three and three and a half knots at a push at the outside at its strongest now Jersey Island is very 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 exposed to say the least it's not like other islands it's very exposed I mean if you're going to get a bit of wind from the west and the southwest and the northwest and a bit of swell there is no way in God's earthly world you're going to be able to go across there on a boat right which is why the cable car is, is vital it is. It is. The cable car is absolutely vital. That was, the, that was the entire meaning of the cable car. Day one, they wanted to put a cable car there to stop people from going back and forth by boats yeah. because it, it, was, it was too unsafe. The now people would, were getting stuck would, on the... It would appear that what the problem is, like you said, is the two towers need essential maintenance. They've been looked at by, by engineers and they have suffered a lot, particularly, say, during Storm Barra and other storms. And they yes. say that it's not safe to run it at peak time. That's what they seem to think. It's not safe to run it across the peak summer season this year. So what do you want to do instead? Well, I, I'd be hoping that they could at least continue it on into early May, if not mid-May. They did a, a stress test on the cable car back in December. They, they put a ton of weight, 1,000 kilos a ton, into the cable car and they did a test run with that and it passed with flying colours. So, I mean, it shouldn't be beyond the bones of possibility that they they could let it run on to maybe the 1st of May or the middle of May that we can get all our sheep lambed, our cows calved, that we, we have to get this work done. We don't want to neglect our animals. We have to put the work in in the springtime to get a wage out of it at the end of the year. And lastly, Joe, how many people actually live on Dorsey now? It's only a half a dozen or so, isn't it? 
it's not even. You were talking about two full-time residents, but there are many of us, the vast majority of us, the other 10, 12, 15 of us, we come and go on a regular basis, daily, weekendly, or during the week. We, we go with our wives, our sons, parents, or whoever. It's, my your own wife it's your place of work. It's my place of work. It, it's my heritage. It's, a, it's all of our heritages. We all, we're all from the island. We take great pride in our home place. And we want to have, we, we, we want to have it the best that it is, make the most out of it and keep it nice and neat and tidy and look after animals. And please God, if we have a few decent animals to sell at the end of the year. Okay, okay. It's one that we'll keep across again uh, over the months to come. Thank you, Joseph. Joseph Sullivan, who is a native of Dorsey, but lives on the mainland now, but farms on Dorsey and is concerned, very concerned about the fact that the cable car, county council says the cable car has to be off for months on end for essential maintenance. We'll follow it. 0818 96 96 96. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call them now for motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie. Cork's 96FM. Just on the water workers from the council, Councillor Ted Tynan was on saying that there's about 3,000 workers across the country who are concerned in this way. And he said he's worried that far-right activists are already agitating about it. So good that we're covering this story and we will follow it and see is it, if it goes any further. Uh, Johnny said, just let PJ know we don't free blocked drains, we repair water mains and we treat and supply the water all over the county. Thanks again for giving us the time. And, and John, thank you for that. I guess it's kind of, that's what we see people do. We don't see them do the real heavy work that they do and we appreciate it and thank you for that. We'll stay with it. 0818969696. Now, I'm joined in studio by Kevin Lawler. Kevin, you've written a book about how to start a business the Irish way, because that's what you did. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thanks very much for having me here. And uh, again, like a lot of people in business, I came to it accidentally. I was a business teacher and deputy principal for years, And I started up a language school about 12 years ago, which I'm still involved in. And I also set up a grind school and a teacher recruitment business. So it's for anybody, ideas are always there. It's to try and put them into practice uh, is, is what you're ultimately trying to do and make it succeed. Yeah. Now, you say that there are ways to start a business, but not many people know them. Yeah, I, I think fundamentally it's it's about being well organised and by that I mean you start off with a really good business plan. If you're not able to do a business plan, get somebody to do it up for you. And you also need to conduct market research so as to find out exactly what's needed in the marketplace. And some theorists say that market research should be conducted on an ongoing basis and you need a cash flow forecast to work out, you know, how much finance you will need at particular points in time Mm. and uh, whether you need to borrow money or whether you need to get money from family Mm. or elsewhere. I think, isn't that what a lot of people 
it would keep them out of it because they'd say, I have this idea, but I don't know where to start. And that's why you wrote the book. Yeah, I, I agree with you totally. It's it's where you start. And probably a lot depends on your background. I grew up uh, in a family in Port Arlington in Leash where my father was a blacksmith and there was no paperwork or anything. He was making gates and railings and shoeing horses. But you saw what was happening and that was something that's always stayed in your mind that you can do a business. So there's a lot of people who may come from business backgrounds and there's something there to help them along the way. But it is difficult to get started. And I think the biggest fear a lot of people have, do I have enough money? Yeah. to get a business off the ground. Yeah, it's aimed at millennials because they're the young people around us who, who are most likely to start a business. Yeah. And it's written, I think it's written in a kind of a step one, step two, step three. Yeah. That, that way. Yeah, and like for millennials, you're talking about people in their 30s. A lot of them may not have houses at this stage, uh, not married with kids maybe. You know, the, the commitments are less on them and they've learned enough from the jobs they've been in to go with the idea of maybe I can do this better myself. And a lot work in the multinational sector in Ireland and they've gained a lot of experience, have a certain amount of money and are willing to back themselves to start a business going. So your own business experience, I suppose, is what is what... Uh, stimulated this book, as in, in influenced the book. So the mis- the mistakes that you made along the way that you'd not yeah. like anybody else yeah, to make. Uh, like for instance, I give you a good example. It was a teacher recruitment business that I was involved in. We didn't do a business plan. We didn't do market research. And when you analyse maybe why you fail. They were things that stood stood to me that going forward, there's the right way to do things. So being well organised is is hugely important. Mm. Where can we get the book? Uh, the book is available on Amazon.uk for nine ninety nine sterling, or a copy of the book can be available from Tribes Press for twelve euros. Okay. Tribes Press are in Galway in Ireland. Okay. Now you're a, a, a Port Harlington man. Most of us would only know Port Harlington as a place that the train occasionally stops yeah. on its way to or from Dublin. But your wife is from Cork. Yes, my wife is from Cork, so that's what has me down here today. She's from a place called Earlwood Estate. Ah, know it well. Uh, and, uh, um, like, come to Cork a lot, love coming down here. And, uh, you know, just, just it's, a, it's a great place. And you, I think when bringing kids down here, there was just so many beaches you could go to right. on nice summer days. Like, the... Dublin didn't have that kind of choice that Cork has. Well, you know what? It's it's an awful small world because uh, many years ago, my dad was a guard in Toker and we lived in Earlwood. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, you might know the Cronins. The Cronins are my in-laws. Well, my, uh, mother, my mother would certainly remember the Cronins if yeah. they were around back then. It's yeah. not today nor yesterday, but I'm yeah. sure he would. Kevin, good luck yeah. with the book. And thank you for coming down. Yes. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's 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 as I said, Tribes Press, and I take it people can buy that buy it online. But you can buy it online. Yep, the Amazon dot co or Amazon dot UK. You can buy it from as well and get a Kindle version. All right, okay. Listen, Kevin, thank you very much. That's thank Kevin. You very much that's that's really he said it. No problem. That's Kevin Lawler. Oh uh, eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Do we have a winner?
at all. We're, we're, we're gonna, we're, give me a second. Have a, yeah, grab one there quickly because we've only got a few. Right. I may tell you now, we are only moments away from the announcement of what is coming. It's coming very, very soon. Our next big giveaway here on Cork's 96 FM. Half past 12, that is in 35 minutes time. Half past 12 today. Simon Mornock has all the details of what's coming up in our next big giveaway on Cork's 96 FM. Thousands and thousands of euro to give away. And ring your friends now. Text your family. Make sure they're all listening. 35 minutes and counting to the reveal, the big reveal at half past 12 with Simon Murdoch. The next big giveaway. Cork's 96 FM. Now, where are we going with this? We had loads of them. God, we had absolutely loads and loads of them. Uh, Sleep yourself skinny, snooze it to lose it. Have a hot dream and melt those pounds away. You could kind of take that any way you want. And Lisa is on line one. Lisa, what was your headline? A sleep a day keeps the fat bits away. A sleep a day keeps the fat bits away. I like it. You beat <laughs> good competition. You oh, had good. good comment. So you're today's winner of 350 euro voucher with from one for all. Thanks to our friends at Board Gosh Energy. Lisa, thanks for that. I put you back onto Fiona there. And that I think is just about it. Have we squeezed everything in? Oh, tomorrow it's a 500 euro one for all voucher. Just because it's Friday and just because we love you. Tomorrow, a 500 euro one for all voucher. Remember, Borgash Energy has a team of professional service engineers. They're ensuring your boiler is running safely and efficiently with a 19 point check. And you can book appointments in Cork now, borgashenergy.ie forward slash services. The program edited by Fiona Corcoran, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. And we'll see you tomorrow just after nine. Can we just talk? The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. With McCarthy Insurance Group. Call in person or call them now. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.